is the Inside Edge. Your home for Blue Jackets news and conversation. Here's Bob McGilligan and Jody Shelley. Welcome to the Inside Edge here on 97.1. The fan, Bob McGilligan and Jody Shelley with you. The Blue Jackets are on their Christmas break. It came a few days early. Jody, normally that would be a good thing, but uh, in this situation with the, the COVID protocols and the players that have gone into the protocols now, it's been very disappointing. But a week ago, we were in Edmonton hoping we just got home from Canada and we could be in the U.S. for Christmas. Everybody got home, and that's when things really started to turn. But if you look at this, in the past week and a half, things went south in a hurry, didn't they? Yeah. You know what? The anxiety level in Canada to get out of there was extremely high. And, and the last time we spoke, Bobby, right. We were just hoping to get stateside and we had to have another test because logistics didn't work out. Uh, but somehow every one of our members of our traveling party got back. So hats off to everyone for taking care of themselves up there. And then to get back here, it's, it's been nice uh, to get back. That was a relief. But then all of a sudden you see what happens to the league and you're right. It crumbled quick. Uh, so the pause comes early. Uh, you know, there's some things changing with all this. The Olympic break is now off. The, the players will not be going to the Olympics, uh, which, you know, we talked about last week and did it really make sense? No, but when you hear the players and how much they want to go and what it means to only be able to go every four years, it is, uh, it's a really big deal. So, you know what, uh, hopefully this burns through and, and the league gets back up and, and everyone stays safe and, and we can move forward here. And this is that point that we look back and say, uh, you know, that was the last part of this. So, but right now, um, enjoy your Christmas break. I guess that's what the story is. Stay, stay, uh, stay where you're at and enjoy the break and, and get ready for the second part of this season, which I tell you, man, we were so busy going into that break, weren't we? I mean, it seems like, I mean, it was, it was us and a bus and a plane and a hotel and a suitcase all over North America. And here we are ready for the break and uh, things are kind of stopped for a minute. All right, so that's what's going on here. Basically nothing, and that's what's going on in the National Hockey League, but there is so much to talk about. Right now, we want to bring in our guest to get things going tonight. He is the morning host on SiriusXM NHL Radio. He also does Toronto Maple Leafs pregame, postgame, and oh, by the way, he's a former general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. We welcome in right now, Gord Stellick. First of all, thanks for being on with us. It's such a reverse of uh, fortunes here because usually we are on as your guest, and that's why we wanted to have you on as ours. Well, I appreciate that. And, you know, one of the one of the fun things I really enjoy is meeting or saying hi to the broadcasters when they come through uh, what's now Scotiabank Arena, used to be Air Canada Centre, and we didn't get to do that in the bubble, right? You know, Columbus and Toronto, that epic battle was in a, was in a vacuum, so it's always great to connect with you guys and uh, also hopefully December 27th is the start of moving fast forward, right? 14 games, Leafs Columbus. Let's get at her. Absolutely. We totally agree with that. And we were fortunate enough to be in Toronto a couple of weeks ago. And that was just for a one game. It was in and out. And that was before the world went crazy here in the last week or so. And I want to talk to you about all of that, but first I want to mention to you here, uh, you know, I just said that, not only are you a broadcaster, but you were the former general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And that is such a, it's kind of an incredible story. And I'd like you to tell how you went from, you were basically a PR guy with the Leafs who wound up being a general manager for the Maple Leafs. Is that right? Yeah, it is. And, you know, um, people will want to talk to you about how you get into broadcasting or Jody and how you become an NHL player. And, and uh, particularly as years go on, there's no tried or true path. And so my, it sounds weird. My, 
fortune, my fortuitous break, my connection was the public relations director lived in my neighborhood, a guy named Stan Abodiak. I got a job working part-time in the press box. Uh, and then I was going to University of Toronto and they needed the, uh, the, uh, a guy named Howie Starkman left the Leafs to become the first ever PR director of the expansion Toronto Blue Jays. And he did that for a lot of years. So my connection became was Jim Gregory, who's like the most wonderful guy in the world. And I'm so glad that that general manager's trophy is named after him. Like I just would say hi to him as I was doing my gopher duties, but he found out I could type 70 words a minute uh, and they needed someone to type the press notes, the statistics, right? Uh, so um, uh, lots of guys could do it. And it was a sexist world then. They weren't considering women doing it back in 1977. So I got to start working part-time doing that in the office while I was going to university. So the next part was I'd have to get there at odd hours the night before if I had classes the next day and I'd be getting stuff ready. And the owner, a guy named Harold Ballard lived in the building. So he lived right there. So I'd be there by myself. And once he came out, and he's like, he was pushing 80 then. And I just knew him to say, yes, sir, no, sir. And all he had was his boxer shorts on, right? And I'm going, oh, I'm in big crap here. I'm in big crap because, you know, he, and I cleared my throat and he couldn't have been nicer. And he sat down with all the rules of fat, kind of, and he chatted and, you know, you know, about my life and stuff. And then about, hey, would you like to work here full time sometime? And uh, I said, you know, when I finished this year university. So it was a, uh, it was a confluence of fortunate events. I never was expecting to go that way. And it was a small front office. So I got to do pretty well everything. So uh, I was uh, until, well, Cheka is the youngest GM still. I still, the Toronto Maple Leafs, I take pride being the youngest general manager in NHL history and arguably the youngest ex-general manager in NHL history at one point as well. But all in all, it was a wonderful 14 year ride in the front office and to still be involved is phenomenal. How does that conversation go with the owner when he comes to you and he says one day you want to be the general manager here? Okay. Shows how times have changed, Bob and Jody, that uh, uh, he fired Jerry McNamara in February uh, during a game and with no idea about who was supposed to be GM. So there were a guy named John Brophy, God rest his soul, Dick Duff, myself. We were a triumvirate. It, um, I was part of it. It was incredibly lame. Okay. So we were kind of, you know, going, you know, moving forward. And uh, um, so at the end of the season, uh, for one of the few times I kind of had it out with, with Mr. Ballard about where things were going. And he kind of said, okay, well, you know, uh, you've got different ideas. So I put together, I said, I'll put it down in paper. So again, my typing skills. So I put together like this 20 page memo, like a typewriter. There's no computers in it. So, so I got it done and then I left it with him. And so then, you know, he lived there. So once, remember once he's coming out in his house coat during the day and he's reading my stuff and he goes, so this is what you think about scouting or whatever. So anyway, I just want, I want it to be a number two guy to someone real experienced. And then on a Sunday morning, Milt Dunnell was the preeminent columnist of the Toronto Star. And you, you know, you know, in Columbus and other places and Jody and Bob, wherever we grew up, I mean, the papers were it. And that was announced. I was going to be the next general manager. I got the Toronto Star in the morning and I found out it wasn't even officially announced for four more days. So uh, it's a lot of fun to look back on very, very different times. But uh, uh, that that's that's how it all came about. You know, Jody and I know John Brophy very well from his time in the East Coast Hockey League when he coached the, the Hampton Roads Admirals. As uh, Jody had plenty of battles with his team in the East oh, Coast League. He, 
That man was a legend. And I always remember he wore suits and no socks. I don't know why I remember that, but he had a few details about him. Just, I think it was just to keep you off edge a little bit. But, um, Gord, boy, a, a lot there. And, and, and um, you found out in the paper, and it wasn't confirmed four days later. That kind of sounds like Twitter, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Who Harold Ballard invented invented Twitter? Boy, John Brophy would love Jody Shelley. You're his oh, kind of guy. And, yeah, and John Brophy was a smart guy. Like he gets a bum rap. This was a really, really neat personality. And you know what? What he had, Jody and, and Bob, was that he, he, like, he would do whatever to play in the NHL. Okay, like I mean, whatever. And I mean criminal acts, okay? I mean, he would do whatever. And he could not understand why nobody else shared that sentiment, right? So in the in the American Hockey League, that could work. And you got a lot of players that would talk about, like Craig Lachlan, a colleague in Washington, what Brof did when he was in the American Hockey League. But he was that old coach that could not get, you know, why a, a kid didn't understand it that way. So it, it was it, it was interesting times. I'll tell you, he, he's got stories that, I mean, we don't know if they're true or not, but I heard he, that there was a, a, a quick quick uh, description of the story. There was a player that was wanted in one of the states that he had on his team, and he hit him in the stick bag, the stick bag, <laughs> and carried him out and put him under the bus and drove 20 miles and then let him out of the stick bag. Well, I, I mean, we, I, that's been confirmed, but I'm not going to say that it's a, an official story, but stories like that follow his and as you mentioned, God rest his soul. And, and you're right. Brof wanted me to go live in Hampton Roads. Uh, his wife was a professional golfer and he wanted me to run the golf course. He had this training routine laid out because he wanted me to go with him in the East Coast Hockey League. I never went. Uh, maybe I should have, but uh, it, it was a crossroads of my career. But he, I have admiration for him. And he was uh, uh, he was a legend behind the bench, wasn't he? Absolutely. Nancy would be the uh, the golfer. And um, she, her, she could give it as well as Brof could. So they were a perfect oh. pair. I think, I think he caddied with her sometimes, but then he would criticize her golfing. So it wasn't the perfect caddy-golfer <laughs> caddy relationship. Hey, I wanted to ask you, because you mentioned getting to be a general manager. Uh, you had to be good at something, typing 70 words a minute. You also had to be hardworking. And now, Gord, I honestly think you're the hardest working broadcaster in hockey. And you've kept hockey relevant uh, and stories in hockey uh, through that pandemic, you guys grinded it out. So we saw you the other day. I know you do the morning Sirius XM on NHL radio. You also do Leafs pre and post uh, for the Leafs game. I know it's a lot of work, but you feel very fortunate about where you're at and, and what you've done, but you've earned it, my friend. Jody, appreciate that. And I, I really do. And you know something um, I have, um, I wish it applied to calculus and, and academic subjects, but I've got a memory like you can't believe. I just do. I can remember like uh, like our uh, my high school graduation, uh, like year. No, excuse me, high school reunion. So years later. So I, I was a little bit better known. You know, I'm not, I'm not bragging, but you know what I mean. Like when you'd been GM of the Leafs all of a sudden your 30s. I mean, at that point I was unemployed actually, but still people knew. <laughs> and, I, and I remember a couple of um, a couple of women came up that had gone to school at George Vanier High School with me, and they kind of said, "Oh, like do you remember me from high school?" And I said. Yeah, yeah, no, I do. Actually, you were in my grade six class at Dallington Drive Public School, and uh, you're Yvette Park, and you're Margot Gerard, and you and Christine Hegenauer, you danced to the Yummy Yummy with by the 1910 Fruit Gum Company on the talent show. Well, now they're probably going, Grady knows me. Now, was he stalking me? This is creepy. This they're is running creepy. across the room. They're going the other but, way at this point, right? Yeah. So, but, but, and, and, you know, this is something that you guys are great too about. You try to, 
like like whoever's listening, you want they're sitting there having that cup of coffee or beer with you now, right? And an old story could still be a good story if you tell it the right way. And I always like to throw, you know, something different at about you know memory. Like you know, Tom Fitzgerald was going through the car wash when he got hired to the New Jersey Devils, right? And so we're so he's on our show, and I just said. I remembered like you talked about a game when you're playing for the Leafs, you went home and the older son did the Heimlich mover on like one of the kids, like the babysitter was freaking out. And that's maybe the kid that played in the NHL the other night, you know, just he got, so I can hear it in his mind. He's going, holy bleep, but you know, <laughs> but I'm throwing, I'm throwing something different at him that kind of humanizes it. And uh, so that's one thing that I, I'm fortunate about. I got this, uh, I got this ir- uh, useless memory. That's great for the business I'm in. Well, it's entertaining, I'll tell you that, because you're right. Some of the times I'm stuck in the car because I want to hear the end of the story, and I'm already <laughs> late because I usually am anyways. But you do you do a great job, uh, and thanks for being on the show with us. We are talking with Gord Stellick. He is the morning host on SiriusXM's NHL Radio. We'll have more with Gord as we continue with the Inside Edge after this on 97.1 The Fan. Welcome back to the Inside Edge. Tonight we're talking with Gord Stellick. He is the morning show host on Sirius XM's NHL Radio. Do you like that morning shift, Gord? Because, you know, when I got into radio, that's that was my first dream. I wanted to be a morning guy. That's how I fell in love with radio, was listening to morning radio as a kid. I always thought that must be the most fun job in the world. And then when I got a chance to do a morning shift and the show started at five and I had to be there at like three 30, it wasn't so fun anymore, to be honest with you. Um, it was fun once the show started, but having to be there and having to cut your night short and go to sleep and all that stuff, that, that part stunk. Do you like doing that morning shift? Have you done a morning show, Jody? Uh, no. Okay. This... So <laughs> this is it. This is the, so this is the morning show. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're still the university kid that you got to yeah, get their right. ass out of bed. Okay. And, uh, so no, no, well, I've already played uh, tennis court. I've already played okay. tennis this morning. Okay. I well, So, so Bob can attest to it, Jody, if you do a morning shift, every time the L, uh, the alarm goes, you utter a loud expletive. Okay. That never stops. Okay. And then there's a different, there's a subculture underneath that. Uh, and now, I mean, we're doing everything remotely now, but when you actually physically have to go somewhere, one thing that struck me is how many people work so bloody hard, how many people are trying to hold down two jobs. In Toronto, how many people are hustling for that all-night bus to catch their first of two jobs? Like a real respect about that. There's an underbelly of, to me, really hardworking people. And a lot of them not make it a lot of, you know, like whatever. So, I mean, uh, so it's kind of an enlightenment that you never get to see. Then to your point, Bob, um, you get in and and every show has a flavor, right? Every show has a flavor. So mornings you want to have energy because nobody wants to come out of bed or whatever. So it's, it's a flavor that, okay, here's what happened last night, you know, because we're bringing it first. Now, later in the afternoon, when you get under review or Coolius, you know, you got things that have evolved, you're previewing, you know, that night going on. So, you know, I, I've, I did a morning show for a while on the fan for six years. I mean, a better shift was 11 years when I did the afternoon show, but yeah, it's so it's a it's a it's a different kind of flavor. And and in this one, I, I've um, tried to keep that energy up. Like when we get on at 7 a.m. Eastern, just about, hey, let's get at it about the games. And you know what? You understand it, too. It's no heavy lifting. We're not splitting the atom. Right. We're very don't overthink it. We're just very fortunate. Everybody who's listening, uh, they are a general manager, a coach of their favorite team. OK, if we're talking medicine. Um, well, no, everyone's that doctor knows more than anyone. We're talking carpet, we're talking woodwork, the carpenter knows more, whatever. But sports, 
everyone's opinion is perfect. And that, you know, so that's what I love about this particular job. And yeah, probably at some point, maybe later, but you know, you have your days free, right, Bob? You become the king of lunches yeah. and you have your days free later. But uh, yeah, it can get a little bit tiring as the week goes on. Yeah, any errands that you have to do, like other people are struggling to get them done. You have no problem. You have them done by two. Well, the only, you know, and uh, a very happy marriage, by the way. But <laughs> yes, when, when the assumption is made that you're around to get everything done and you kind of go, I got up at 3.15 in the bloody morning. Okay, stop, stop booking these things. Don't, don't, don't book the dog for like whatever at that. You do, if you can't do it, don't book it and keep assuming I can do it. We're talking with Gord Stelic. He hosts the morning show on Sirius XM's NHL radio. It, it's like being a good teammate. It's like being a, a line mate in hockey, who you work with on your show. And, you know, that is, that's been kind of a rotating thing. Uh, you're always working with different people. You know, what, what's that like? I think now you're starting the show by yourself and, and just, uh, working with uh, Mike, your producer, and then Scott Lachlan comes in. What, what's um, what's that like being a teammate on the air? Well, Bob, uh, I mean, I've never really liked anyone to work with. I've always carried the show myself. I think. That's <laughs> yeah. the case. No, I, I think you know. So first, that's why all, I work by myself, Gordon. That right there. That's why I have no color analyst. <laughs> I'm the Chuck Caton of Canada. How about that? I had uh, uh, in. Uh, I got to tell you, I'll go back to NHL Network, but on the fan or the Leaf shows, right? The Leaf shows. Uh, I've had Rick Natras. Um, I had um, Mark Osborne, who's now a pro scout with the uh, Los Angeles Kings. Todd Alushko, funny guy. Got a awesome, big job. Yeah, big job with that Mannheim team. Uh, Mark Savard for one year. Now He's now coaching the Windsor Spitfires after one year as an assistant coach with the St. Louis Blues. So I've, I've loved the different, I think it, I've loved the different experiences, you know, that way. And, and on NHL Network, um, the, the young guys, Tyler Mataraz and Mike Lippa. I, I like doing the first hour with them. I, I like giving them the opportunity to be on air because they embrace it. It's not just a, it's not just a, um, just, you know, like charity or something. It's good. They bring that kind of energy and they watch the games that way. And then Scott Lachlan, we cross over for two hours and then Scott will be on usually with Mike Johnson. So I, I, I like the lineup. Uh, I, I appear with Steve Coolius uh, once a week and he's on our show once a week. I've worked with cool before. Steve Coolius is the most exhausting guy to be around 24 seven. Okay. Oh. You, you, you cannot hang with this guy on air is a, is it, it's a microcosm. What he's like off air. Like he, you go for, he's exhausting. I love him, but he's exhausting. <laughs> we worked at uh, a, a station called the score for a number of years doing a hockey show and that. So uh, I, I love our colleagues and uh, uh, I like when it's, when it's natural and we have good, like, like you guys have, like in all seriousness, like, like, you know, it's something you can't fabricate or, 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 or be forced. And so I've been really fortunate the way, but I've over the years, I've had a lot of different people to work with. And I think it's only made me better. You know what? Yeah. You, you've uh, you guys are, you're working with a bunch of lifers too. It sounds like, I mean, guys that you just talk about the score and Coolius and these guys you've worked with. I mean, you're in some good circles here, Gordon, and, and that's got to be exciting. We, we get excited to come to Toronto. We get excited to see you guys in the press box. Uh, it's the center of the hockey universe. Do you still keep that in mind when you're a part of this and part of the Toronto Maple Leafs? And, and, and uh, I mean, because sometimes as you go throughout the season, you're like, ah, eh, another game, another game, another game. But uh, it's a spectacular place, and you're finally following, uh, following a really, really good team. You know, um... Now, now first, so, so, and, and my background is my dad wasn't a hockey fan. He was Ernie, the TV repairman, right? People kind of go about, uh, Hey, who was, uh, did your dad know Ballard? Well, no, my dad was the blue collar middle-class guy. Right. So 
when I started working for the Leafs and I would drive to Maple Leaf Gardens and that's where I worked, like, wow, couldn't believe wow. it, right? And, and to your point, Jody, I still, I'm biased because I'm from here, but I do, when I worked for the New York Rangers briefly and I came to Toronto for that morning skate at Maple Leaf Gardens, like there and the forum in Montreal, and again, it was the era before cell phones and that. So the morning skate, you gathered and you really exchanged information and everyone sought each other out. But uh, I, yeah, I, I, nothing still beats the gardens biasly, but it's, I appreciate how fortunate we are and how fortunate about being in Toronto. Uh, the arenas are a lot colder right now, though. God, they're cold. I don't yeah. even, I mean, the ice is better. So that's why the price yeah. that way. So we're kind of in winter coats up there, but uh, I love seeing the guys come to town and I, I love that the appreciation you say about Toronto and that's not being arrogant. I mean, I just, uh, and I, I'm glad that it's not even a respect thing. It's just a genuine thing that it's just a, a neat place and a special place to come to. And I, I am always, always aware and appreciative of that. Now let's get to the ice because, you know, there's been some fantastic hockey games and I don't know what you think. I mean, this pause is happening now. Hopefully we just burn through this and move forward. But have you been impressed with the hockey that we've seen? I, I know, you know, the top teams are great to watch. I watched that game last night, Vegas and Tampa. It was incredible to watch the ebbs and flows, the momentum swings. Um, even the young teams, we've had some great moments here with the Blue Jackets. I just was curious as to, as to how you feel about this season, especially compared to last year, where everyone just played each other over and over, and it seemed to get a little bit stale. Yeah, you know, Jody and Bob, it, no, it did get stale. It did get stale. And I don't know how much is that because of the renewed appreciation or just flat out there's been a disproportionate amount of great hockey. Like Sunday's games. Like you had Tristan Jari trying to sp butt ending a junior teammate on the other team, right? Like in gear still, like, like what, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> like that kind of that kind of bite going on. So I, I've loved the hockey. I'm totally with you. I think maybe in some ways full buildings uh, and that as well, the fan appreciate fans appreciating, you know, seeing those other teams they didn't get to see, but uh, yeah, the Scotia North division for us uh, wore out its welcome about the fourth time you played those teams. So, you know, bring on whether it's Columbus or Tampa Bay or Boston or Florida and, and I'm all for it, but I, I Jody, I'm with you. I don't, I just, uh, I, I've really seen, I, I mean, like, like, Zegras, for example, and the Anaheim Ducks and, you know, the, the Carolina Hurricanes, they're a machine, yeah, they're yeah. a machine, you know, and, and just like, just, just so many neat stories, you know, to talk about. And, and, and it, on Toronto's side, like Austin Matthews, like, man, this guy was starting in the 33rd position on the Indy 500 for the Rocket Richard trophy. But don't look now, you know, he's right there beside you, you know, so just that's one thing we've got to see locally as well. We're talking with Gord Stellick. He is the morning show host on NHL's Sirius XM Radio. Much more to talk about, including focusing in on the Toronto Maple Leafs as the Inside Edge continues on 97.1 The Fan. The Blue Jackets are scheduled to play against the Toronto Maple Leafs coming up on Monday night at 7 o'clock, the first game out of the Christmas break. We're talking with NHL Radio's morning host, Gord Stellick. He also does pre- and post-game for the Toronto Maple Leafs radio network. Let's talk about that Maple Leafs team, who, again, is supposed to play here on Monday, coming right out of the break. Um, they've been they've had such talent for the last few years, and, uh, you know, the, the Blue Jackets eliminated them in the bubble there, and there, there's been a lot of frustration. Is this team this year seem different to you from the ones from the past couple of seasons? 
Uh, I'm going to say yes, because I'll tell you right now, I don't know if there's any other team right now that fans are just saying, okay, give me game 83. I, I can't do this anymore. It's like having your ultimate partner in life and you know, they're going to dump you and you keep coming back. Right. And then they dump you and disappoint you. That's like the playoffs for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like I'm so in love with you and you're going to crush me again. Columbus two years ago, Montreal last year. And just when you'd bought the wedding, we bought the wedding ring and they win the final three. So there's a lot of that, but I'll tell you what I did like. They got off to a terrible start and it wasn't just the record. I remember John Cooper said that a couple of years ago when Tampa Bay, you know, didn't get off to a great start. He said, I don't care about the record. It's how they're playing and we're going to be okay. And they certainly were, you know, they certainly were okay. Uh, and in Toronto's case, they weren't. And then just when it got darkest, um, I think the young leadership group had something to do with it. They started, you know, they took accountability about it. And all of a sudden, and there was this one shift, they're playing Chicago and it showed that, and that actually that was kind of the watershed game. Who's most awful, Chicago or Toronto. And there was this offside and you caught Austin Matthews going, you just yelling too slow. Right. And it was almost like saying when you're not playing well, right, Jody, you'd start going down to a certain level and you forget that, Hey, we got kick-ass team speed, right? Like we're, we're forgetting all this stuff. And so it seemed like all these things they got going again and all of a sudden the buy into team defense that Mike Babcock could never instill is there the whole depth thing now, you know, with Kasha and camp, particularly bunting, like, not these, like Nick Ritchie was supposed to be the sexy name and he really is still trying to find a role. He didn't fit in on one of those two big lines, but, you know, but he's finding a different role right now, but the other guys have provided more depth. So, you know, Bob, to your question, I, I do think there's something different. What does it mean in the playoffs? If it helps get you better prepared to finally win a playoff round for the first time since 2004, then, I mean, God, that's going to be 18 years when it comes uh, this um, April or May, whenever it is that, you know, that's, that's the big thing, but yeah, I, I, I do. I have seen uh, some things I really liked about this team. You didn't mention Jack Campbell. Oh God. Hey, Jack Campbell, like, like you, you make, you make, you make a trade for a backup goaltender, right? Because there's no backup for Freddie and this guy's just come and kick butts in the word go. This guy, this guy's got Johnny Bauer numbers. Like, honestly, he's got Johnny, Johnny Bauer type numbers and then done it again at 1.8 million. So, yeah, and, and you know, th that's an interesting one that... Hey, Gordon, what do you think about the game? Uh, do you think it'll happen? I mean, without the, we were just in Canada. I know things are tight. The border is tight. We were anxious to get out of there. Um, are you hearing anything, or what's your gut feeling on that? It's funny. Adam Silver, the NBA, just had a line just saying, you know what, I think we know we have to live with this. It's not going to go away. I think uh, your case was one of the... Uh, and that's one of the things. There's only one uh, Canadian NBA team, but there's a number of Canadian... Uh, NHL teams, obviously, and uh, your case in Edmonton, um, the um, Carolina getting uh, Sebastian Ajo and Seth Jarvis out, um, Edmonton getting Jesse Pugliarvi back from Seattle. I mean, it's like the old Great Escape movie with Steve McQueen or something. I don't know. So I think they kind of said, look, we're, we're not going to go through that. Let's get everyone home for Christmas. But starting December 27th, you know, guess what? And if if there's a quarantine situation, well, then you'll be possibly in a hotel in another country like you know did you know Kelly McCrimmon like saw his team get upset by the Montreal Canadiens but then had a quarantine in a hotel in Montreal to add insult to injury during that playoff series he didn't fly back to Vegas you know he had to wait there so I mean that's been a reality that's gone on before that was kind of a quiet one but the general manager of the Vegas Golden Knights you know that was it so I think I think starting December 27th we all understand 
bleep can happen and you know be ready be prepared you may have to stay somewhere it's not going to be over christmas you may have to call it like some of these nba teams man i'm i'm going to get a basketball and take some shots i got to there's going to be pretty soon they're going to call a 64 year old with a hip replacement but a great skyhook i got to tell you so i think the uh, on the nhl side there's there's there, there could be that kind of equivalent could you see the NHL getting to where the National Football League has just gone? Uh, or do you think that would be a problem? No. So what they're doing is if you're asymptomatic, you're not going to get tested. They're only going to test the guys that are sick, and then they're going to have spot testing here and there. Could the NHL get to that point, or does the Canadian government being involved with the league kind of uh, muddy the waters with that, do you think? Yeah, it's the last thing you said, Bob. And again, like a yeah. bit of an education process is um, in Canada – it's not called socialized medicine, but it's like socialized medicine. It's not free health care. We get taxed for it. That's the big. So I'm not going to. It's free. Demand. It's free. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, some people, that's the downside. Some people use it as free. I got a cough. I'm just going to go to emergency. Okay. But anyway, on the other side, the weakest link in society have somewhere they can go without fear of uh, being financially ruined. So I'm not going to debate the pros and cons, but the point being here is, it's that thing about, okay, what's the, what's the drain on the hospitals and particularly the critical care beds and ICU now. And that was it because if it's overburdened, you know, it's uh, it's, it's something that we're all paying for all the time and we have to make some kind of correction. It seems here that the Omicron that it's not having people getting as sick. So that, that would be a positive from the Canadian point of view, but to your question, Bob, there always will be, you know, and here it's more the provinces, kind of like the states do down there, that set up certain sanctions that way. So uh, that's where I can't see it quite going like a blanket situation like the NFL. But I'm, you know, Brian Lawton, uh, he had COVID about three weeks ago, and Brian's done everything. I'm sure you talk to him all the time, player, agent, GM, broadcaster. And we kind of, we don't want to be arrogant, but we're kind of saying, might this end up being the herd immunity thing? Might it, you know, that we're all going to get exposed? And we're able to move forward because like Adam Silver is, hey, it's 21 months now. It's not like the gloom and doom of when the world ended. People aren't getting as sick. And I'm sorry, there are people getting sick. I'm not making light of that. And hey, let's go. Come on. The, the attitude right now is let's go full throttle ahead. And that's the attitude up here by and large in Canada as well. Yeah, and I agree. And I honestly, and again, I don't, I don't want to get too far into it because I know people have so many opinions on it, but I think sports has the opportunity to lead out of this too. They've been extremely cautious on this, canceling games, shifting games around. Every league has done it. Every single league has done it. And I think with the, the NFL's new policy, what Adam Silver is saying, and I, I think you're right, Gord. I think sports has the opportunity to lead people out of this and, and back into everyday normal life because you're right. It's not going away. You're going to have to live with it. It's going to be like the flu to some extent. It's going to be here. Deal with it. Protect yourself as best you can. Two words, common sense, right? And, you know, and, and common sense got those Carolina players back and got Pull Yorby back to Canada. Like, so you could say, okay, maybe they, they bent a few rules. Common sense. Come on, let's just use common sense. We had a, a preeminent um, infectious disease expert on locally here in Toronto, the doctor. He's in, and just at the end, we just talked about Christmas and, and he goes, no, come on, we're, we're social creatures. Just use common sense and, and enjoy the holidays. Just, you know, distance and that. Like, like, come on, we got like, like mental health and other things taking their toll. We got to go on. And, and uh, I agree with you about sports that it's, uh, 
it's it's already shown it to a degree that uh, you know the first kind of things were that NFL draft that was done everywhere else. I saw I think they uh, someone bore Jody Shelley's yacht to uh, to do the draft from. <laughs> I can't remember which owner it was. But then I they, didn't give them did, the uh, I didn't give them the oars though. They didn't get the paddles <laughs> for that yacht. <laughs> and, and, then, and then they had that great golf game with you know Brady and and uh, Manning and Tiger Woods and uh, and Nicholson. You know just like yeah. wow, those were those were symbols that were kind of coming out of it. And I I I mean to get by the bubble. What the NHL and NHLPA yeah. did to, you know, and, and I mean, and that's more challenging, I think, than any other league faced, and they accomplished that. Gord, I want to ask you just one more question, and then that is uh, you're in the market for the toughest ticket, maybe in sports. I'll say in the NHL for sure. How many requests do you get? Hey, can you get me some tickets, or do you have extra tickets? Do they Have they stopped, or do you still get many, many of them? I've gotten better at handling it, okay? <laughs> you know what? You know what used to bug me, Jody and Bob? So I'd be working for the Leafs. Like, first of all, and um, you're really good. Your real good friends don't bug you, right? You got to phone them, and you say, "Hey, come on down to a game sometime." And they and like, what game do you want to come? They go, "Well, just just give me a crap, you, you know, whatever." Then you get the acquaintances. So there'd be two parts to it. So one is, so Jody Shelley calls me, and uh, can you get me two tickets for the the uh, January sixteenth game? I know in my mind already. Back when I was working. It's the Edmonton Oilers with Gretzky or it's the Montreal Canadiens. Okay. So you don't, you don't say the team, you want me to get you two tickets to uh, come and cheer your ass off against the team that uh, could beat my team and cost me my job. Right. Okay. So that's one. So I sort of put them on. And the second one I used to love was it's Jody Shelley, my good friend calling. So, okay, Jody, I got you two tickets. They're all set in your name. Oh, could you put them in the name of Bob McGillicott? Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> now, now, now you're, see, you're branching out now. You're oh. so, I got used to saying Jody would call and I go, uh, two tickets. Are they for you? Um, well, what's the difference? Well, if they're for you, I'm going to get them. If they're not for you, I might be able to get them. You know, I'm, I'm just going to go in the main thing if they're available. So I've, I've gotten good at it. And nowadays, yeah, you're right. Although the, the ticket prices change things. I mean, the, the prices yeah. are, you know, they were such a bargain back then, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, there's never, a shortage of people looking for looking for tickets for a Toronto Maple Leaf game. Yeah, that's what I do now. I just send the prices. Okay, yeah, lower bowl is two hundred and up or four hundred, and upper bowl is two hundred. They're like, okay, thanks. I think we'll uh, we'll watch on TV. Well, Bill, Bill Bill Daly even said, like, it's funny. We had Bill in studio. Just one, one of the players' concerns are in little things is the price of tickets in certain cities because they don't realize players don't get comps on the road, right? That's right. And Toronto is one of those places that they're kind of saying, like, holy macro to, yeah. you, you know, take care of your parents and that. So, yeah, that's the uh, that's the reality. All those uh, the great revenues they're making. And, and uh, that's one of those reasons. All right, Gordon, I have one more thing for you, too, and that is the Olympics. Um, you know, here in the United States, we enjoy the Olympics. Uh, the, the hockey tournament is fantastic. But it for the players here, I think it's a nice thing. But when you get outside of the U.S., it is kind of a be-all, end-all around the world. Guys love to play for their country. Guys uh, want to get that gold medal for their country. It's a really big thing. And with that not happening, there's a lot of disappointment in the league. I know that um, – you know, I'm sure the players understand it, but they don't like it. It just uh, stinks. But what's the reaction there in Canada about uh, no NHL participation in the Olympics? Well, huge disappointment, but I think understanding, right? It's um, everything changed. Once the Calgary Flames went from zero players 
to what 17 in two days and a lot of other teams followed suit about uh, the COVID protocol situation so uh, yeah it, there, there's a real disappointment that way it's funny like I'm Canadian but I think the best thing would be for and they, would, they had a real good chance uh, USA to win the gold like that's what's missing right you got miracle ice in 1980 you got the uh, World Cup win in 1996 which is a real underrated tournament uh, uh, with Mike Richter in goal but yeah. um, but but so so we move on and it's best to know now. And I think I tweeted this morning, Bob and Jody, that, you know, let's get that World Cup of Hockey back. That of a certain age, there was called the Canada Cup in 1976, which was Bobby Orr skating on one leg, his last vestige of greatness to that great 1987 Mario and Wayne being on the same team at Canada Cup. They changed it to the World Cup in 1996. You want to see vicious hockey, Team USA and Canada in 1996, that best two out of three, Holy crap. And a big win for the state. So let's get some continuity back in 2004. They did it, but it was right when the lockout started, we knew there was going to be no hockey. So, you know, it's like having your best time, but you're going to the gas chamber, right? You're going to get executed at midnight. So you're, how can you have fun playing hockey just before that? And then 2016 was a good, I thought first step. So I think let's get that in place. You control it. You keep it in North American environment. Don't do it in September. Do it like, you know, maybe February, whatever it may be. So let's do something we control because we, we need, we love that international bite. Like I grew up, I, I knew, I didn't follow golf a ton, but I knew the Masters, I knew the U.S. Open. I didn't know the Ryder Cup. Ryder Cup's the greatest thing now. Mm-hmm. An individual sport making a team thing, right? So that that's where I think out of anything in life, when you get dealt a negative, find a positive out of it. And I think that's where it's not an original idea by me, but I think that's where we can go. That's something we control. And keep all the revenue. And keep all the revenue. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's a good thing. Just break it, break it right down to the most simplest of things, right? Gordon? Yeah, keep all absolutely. the revenue. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Hey, well, uh, you have given us much more time than we asked you for. And we really, really appreciate it. This has been a fantastic conversation. Uh, it's, it's always so fun to go on with you on Sirius XM NHL radio and in, in the mornings. And again, thank you for coming on with us. Uh, this is really a Christmas present for Jody and I to be able to have this kind of conversation with you yeah. today. Well, we appreciate it, Gord. Well, Jody and Bob, it's all about the great people in the game. And that's, I've been, you've been fortunate to be involved in a long time myself as well. You don't get to see people enough in person anymore, uh, but uh, this is a, this is a great secondhand and uh, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to getting out and about in places like Columbus too in the not too distant future, hopefully down the road. But you guys, uh, I know uh, uh, coming up, play on the 27th. Uh, let's uh, let's for, uh, let's go full throttle forward for both teams. And uh, but right now, I'm not cheering for your team on that particular date. Okay, I hope you don't mind. No, we get it. We understand. Thank you so much. That is Gord Stelic. He is the morning host on Sirius XM NHL Radio. You can find him on Channel 91 every morning. Monday through Friday at 7 o'clock on Sirius XM Radio. Coming up next, Jody Shelley and I will wrap up this week's edition of the Inside Edge on 97.1 The Fan. Uh. Getting ready to wrap up this week's edition of the Inside Edge. The Blue Jackets in the Christmas break, scheduled to come out of the break on Monday against the Toronto Maple Leafs at Nationwide Arena, and then on the road Tuesday in Chicago against the Blackhawks. Jody, you just asked Gord Stellick if he thinks that Monday game is going to happen. I hope it does. We all hope it does. But if we get told on Monday that we're just traveling to Chicago to play on Tuesday, I also will not be shocked. No, I, I, 
I had that thought before we talked to Gord, but I, you know what, I like what he said, because when we were in Canada, it felt like the attitude. And when you see Quebec shut down, take out fans and, and you know, you kind of think, oh, here we go again. But when you hear uh, people in Toronto, people that are informed say that, you know, it's time to move forward. Maybe it is time and maybe Canada will, will uh, the knee jerk reaction maybe is what it was because they felt like they had to, but maybe it's move forward time. And, and that would be, wouldn't that be exciting? It would be exciting. And as you mentioned, too, the month of December was almost the entire month on the road for the Blue Jackets. As you look at the schedule now, there are home games coming up. And let's be honest, all you have to do is look at the home record and the road record, and you can see the disparity between the two. This is a team that has played much better and has enjoyed being home much more than they have being on the road. Yeah, and some great moments. I remember as a player, you know, we always had the the New Year's Eve game. It's not on the schedule this year. It's a New Year's Day game at one o'clock at, you know, at Nationwide Arena. And what a great day to come out with your your family and get downtown. You know, I love that. And then going into the break, of course, we're not going to get get that. But Toronto and Chicago, to me, are two exciting teams. Seth Jones, uh, going to see him again in Chicago. But at home, the Toronto Maple Leafs always draws that uh, 10 ring circus or whatever it is that's in town. It's like, a, you know, it's like the carnival is here and it's so much fun and, and they're playing so well and the blue jackets home record is fantastic. So uh, if that's the game that happens after the break, which I feel like it is, boy, that's going to be an exciting way to start the second part of the season here. Absolutely. And you know what I was just thinking when you were talking about new year's day and all of that, Jake Voracek is approaching 1000 games and he's now pushed back three games because of the Calgary and the two Buffalo games being postponed for the time being. So that that's a big milestone that's coming up for Jake. He's going to have to wait another couple of games a little bit longer than he thought he was going to have to. Yeah. Hopefully that's it. Hopefully nothing else pops up with Jake, but you know, yeah, what a milestone. And they were going to celebrate uh, on January 1st, but uh, we'll see what happens, Bob, as everyone knows in the last two years, we've, we've uh, excelled at one thing and that's adjusting. And, and that's what we'll have to continue to do here. Absolutely. Adjusting is the key word. And um, you mentioned this earlier. It's about uh, keeping yourself safe and happy during the Christmas season here. The players are going to do that. We're going to do the same. And this is uh, the annual time where we get to thank you, our listeners, for being a part of this with us all year long. Wish you and yours a Merry Christmas, a Happy Holidays, a Happy New Year, all of those things. Uh, it is such a special time of year. And Jody, last year we weren't even playing. We were waiting until January to get started. So even though there's a pause, um, when you put it in that perspective, it is hockey season. Uh, we are getting back to hockey, and we're so thankful. Yeah, we are. We really are. And here we are already at the Christmas break. I know some people might not feel that way, but us that have been around these these games in this league, it's been a fun start for the Blue Jackets. And, you know, you mentioned earlier that the break might be at the perfect time. Yes, it is. But thankful for hockey, thankful for health and all of our fans and the organization and everybody that's been a part of it. So we appreciate everyone and I hope everyone has a great Christmas break and comes back re-energized and excited about moving forward. Yeah, and if you're coming to that game on Monday against the Maple Leafs, rest your voice over Christmas. You're going to need every ounce of what you have to help the Blue Jackets to win that one against Toronto at Nationwide Arena. Again, the next scheduled game is for Monday, 7 o'clock at Nationwide Arena. Pre-game coverage starts at 6.30 here on the Blue Jackets Radio Network and on Valley Sports Ohio. For Jody Shelley, I'm Bob McElligot saying Merry Christmas, a happy holidays, and thanks for listening to the Inside Edge here on 97.1 The Fan.